Thanks for joining us today for our Freedom Podcast. We are excited to grow with you. Today, you will hear a message from the life-changing Word of God. We hope this podcast adds value to your everyday life. If you want to find out more about this ministry, visit our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. It was a few weeks ago where I was really, um, really moved by God to bring a message to you that had been working. It's been, it was in the workings for some time in my heart. And uh, the Lord had given me that message and it was called, I see you. I see you. And some of you were here. Some of you may not have been. Uh, but that message has evolved into a series. Because here's what I, I need us to understand. When we follow God, we don't just do what we need to do at the moment and just think he's done. We continue to listen because he may have more. Right? For instance, there's some times where I would tell uh, one of my children or something. I would say, hey, do me a favor and get this. And um, they're on their way. And I'm like, hey, by the way, grab that. They're, they forget the first thing. And they remember the last thing I told them. And then they bring me the second thing. And I'm like, where's that first thing? And they were like, what thing? Like thing A and thing B. They brought me thing B. And they were like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, I do that. Right? I got to admit, I've done that before. My wife would text me a bunch of things. And then I read the last one and I do that. And then she's like, where's the other things? And I'm like, oh, I missed that one. So I think we all do that to some degree, right? We have to be very careful. Listen closely. We have to be very careful when it comes to our faith and operating the same way. Because God may say, do this. And then do this. And we have to know that God is always walking us through by his Holy Spirit to the next thing. He's guiding us. Everybody say this with me. Say, he's guiding us. Some of us think that he's just kind of like that stewardess uh, or that flight attendant on the plane. He's like, that's the exit in case you need it. And like, that's what God does. No, he's with us. Every day telling us, this is what I want you to do. And that is what I want you to do. Well, that's kind of how this series has evolved. And this has become a series about how God views the ones whom he calls. The first week, we talked a little bit about the woman at the well. Y'all remember the woman at the well? Okay. We talked about the woman at the well. And we talked about how God has... um, moved on this woman who's sitting at the well and he moved her to uh, so much that she ran to the town and told people about Jesus and they started coming to Jesus because here this woman that most people probably would have ignored wrote off God saw her right and then last week we talked a little bit about your call And in 1 Samuel, we talked about how God uses uh, people for his glory, even people like Saul. Right? So we talked about the woman at the well and then Saul. This week, I want to talk about a farmer. I want to talk about a farmer. And coming from the Bronx, I know a lot about this. (laughs) 
said no Bronx person ever. Um, but there was a, it's a true story. Shout out to my brother Mark Kittens. He knows a lot about that stuff. He's a New Yorker. But I want to talk to you about a farmer here. There was a farmer who really enjoyed his trade. And unlike some farmers, he had no desire to do anything more than the trade he was called to do. That was his goal. Keep your head down and do the job. Well, while he had no political ambitions, he had no dream of becoming a military leader. He had no desire to do bigger things like that in his life. He was called nevertheless. I'm talking about a a man named Gideon. Gideon. So when I say Gideon, I'm not talking about the guy who wrote all the Bibles that are in your hotel rooms. (laughs) I'm talking about a character in the scriptures in the Old Testament specifically Uh, One that really didn't consider himself to be the one we should all look to for inspiration. How many ever felt like, Pastor Tony, I don't feel like I'm that person. Ever felt like that? To inspire anybody right now. You ever went through that? I've been through that. There's times I'm preparing a sermon. I'm like, Father, I don't feel very inspirational right now. And God's like, I'm not calling you to be inspirational. I'm calling you to be obedient. And so I'm like, okay, God. Because we have to realize in our faith, watch this. And this is what the world doesn't understand. Everybody look at me for a moment. I need you to see this. Don't get distracted by anything else. Look at me. I need you to hear what I'm saying to you. If Christians only did what they have practiced, we wouldn't really have a church. The church is full of people. That have missed the mark, hit the mark, don't know what mark is, don't know where the book of mark is, don't even know how the mark came to play, and they don't even know how to make a mark. The the, the church is full of all those people. So if we waited for the most obedient person to speak up, we would be in serious trouble, wouldn't we? Because there's shortcomings that we all come into play yes including myself if i only preached all the things i only know there'll be short sermons because every day that i learn more i realize i know less you ever realize that in your life the older you get the more you realize you don't know because when you're 14 or 15 tell me is this is true 14 or 15 year olds know everything about life or at least they think so, right? They know everything. You tell them, I know. I know. I know, Dad. I know, Mom. Hello? And you're like, no, you don't. No, you just. No, you don't. Hello? Some of you are like reminiscing like, yeah. But it got a lot more dramatic than that in my home. <laughs> well, regardless... The more I learn, the more I realize I need to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. Is that right? I'm talking to somebody today. And I want you to know that God sees you. He says, I see you. I see you. Some of you are like, yeah, I've been in ICU because I didn't pay attention to God. (laughs) It's a different ICU. 
different I see. When you think of a hero, some of you think of somebody like Bruce Wayne, you know, got a lot of money. He's a hero and, and he got all these gadgets and he created, you know, he Batman or whatnot. Spoiler alert, you know, he's Batman. <laughs> but <laughs> you think of a hero, you think of that. You think of Superman. You think of these comic book characters. But you know who were real heroes to me? People that looked at a task that God gave them and they said, I don't think I can do this, but I'm sure going to try. Yeah? I will go, obviously, uh, you know, in a weekend like this, I, I think of a different kind of hero as well. Those who gave their lives for you and me. And I honor those men and women who gave their lives so I can have the freedoms. I, I, I consider those heroes too. But this man, Gideon, I... I I don't think most people looked at him as a hero. In fact, he didn't, look at him, he didn't look at himself like a hero. So let's talk about Gideon for a moment. He was a young Israelite who lived with discouragement and despair and fear because for seven years, the Midianites constantly raided his village and his people, taking their stuff, you know, destroying their homes, trying to keep them suppressed so that they don't rise up. Hello? Sound familiar? Right? So the Israelites were constantly suppressed by the Midianites. And so what happens is Gideon was right at the forefront of all of that. And he's in the forefront being discouraged by this constant barrage. Listen, what if somebody came to your house every other day, took all of the food you had in your cabinets, uh, took your bank card, emptied your bank account every few days, and then they disappear and then you wait. Because in a few days they'll come back. And there was nobody to stop them. That would be highly discouraging, wouldn't it? First of all, you would be not motivated to work because they're going to steal it anyway. Secondly, you would probably be starving. Third, you know, you're looking around you and you can be, uh, be in absolute despair. That's what Gideon was living in. And so while he had a call in his life to be that farmer, right? That was what he was doing with his life. That was his occupation. He found himself in a very different situation. If you study um, the, you know, the life of Gideon, you'll soon realize that one of the things he was supposed to do was he was supposed to um, thresh the wheat. And so uh, in Gideon's day, you would quickly know how that was not the right thing to do in a wine press, yet that's where God found Gideon, in a wine press, a place where they create, smash, and make wine, which is a very different, very different environment than being outdoors with uh, the wheat and making that happen. So what I did was, I found the video that kind of symbolized, and the media team will help me with this, I found the video that symbolized what that uh, separation of wheat and chaff look like. So take a look at this video and, and take a look at it real quick. This is what it looked like. So that's a sample real quick there. And in order to harvest that grain, 
You need to be out in the open. You have to toss it and to separate the wheat from the, from the chaff, right? And so by tossing in the air, this is just a bit of a visual to see what that looked like. Listen, friends, I want to tell you something. That was what Gideon was supposed to be doing. Instead, they found him, God found him in a place where he wasn't supposed to be. Calling him a name he didn't think he was supposed to be called. I want to talk to you about being a miracle in the making. Listen, I'm not just talking about a miracle for you. I'm talking about the miracle that is you. Some of you are sitting here today because you yourself are a miracle. You are a walking miracle. You weren't supposed to make it statistically. Statistically, in my side of the story, just on a personal level, statistically, I was supposed to be in a situation where either I was, um, because I lost my father young, that was an automatic negative thing against me, right? Growing up in New York City in the Bronx, fatherless, right there, I got two strikes, right? My mom struggling to make it for us. She worked her tail off like nobody I've ever, my mom used to work so many hours just to get food on the, on the table for me and my two sisters. She worked so hard. And then, and then my mom being not home as much, my grandmother was there and she had to do her very best. She was a little older, so she could do her very best to make sure the house was in order while my mom worked because my, my father wasn't in the picture. And so a lot of different angles were supposed to, my life was not supposed to work out. A lot of people's lives that, that, that were in my situation, they didn't work out like mine did. Listen, I'm not, I'm not rich by any earthly standard, but I am rich by heaven standards because God's call was on my life and I said yes. Yes. It wasn't always easy, but I said yes. And so statistically, I wasn't supposed to make it, but I am a miracle standing here right in front of you today. There are so many times where gunshots would be rang out in the city for those of you that don't know, I grew up in the Bronx, and, and, and it was not always pretty. It was not always nice. It wasn't, in fact, it was very dangerous at times. And there were times where I was caught in the middle of things that I, sh- I shouldn't have been there. And some of them, I probably shouldn't have walked away. There were times that my life was in that moment, and I'm standing here a miracle. Why? Because God had a plan for my life. He saw me in a way that no man, no woman had ever saw me. Look at me. God sees you in a way that you don't see you. And God says, I see you. He sees you in a way that will blow people's minds. And so there's a couple things in the story that I want to bring to you. And I, I want to kind of talk a little bit about that because, uh, you know, the angel of the Lord had come to Gideon and there he was. And it was a very dangerous version of hide and seek because Gideon was hiding from the Midianites. Not like hide and seek with your friends. This is like the real dangerous hide and seek, right? Because if they find you, they could hurt you. They could take all your stuff. The Midianites didn't always kill everybody in this particular storyline. But they, for seven years, they took all their stuff all the time, left them with nothing. And so this was a very bad moment for Gideon. And so here he is. The first thing I want to kind of bring to the table is what God had done when he uh, introduced himself, so to speak, 
through the, this angel here in Judges chapter 6. Turn with me to Judges chapter 6. Really quickly, turn there. There's a few verses I want to kind of highlight this morning. Come on, if you have your Bibles, turn there. If you don't have your Bibles, please bring your Bibles. I want you to see it in your own text. I want you to be able to highlight that. I want you to be able to see that. Let's bring up the lights just a hair for those of you that don't have light-up Bibles like I do. My Bible lights up in the background here. 1 Samuel chapter 6. I'm sorry, did I say 1 Samuel? I meant Judges. I'm sorry, Judges. <laughs> That was marked from last week. <laughs> Judges chapter 6. It's located just after Joshua. Old Testament chapter 6. Gideon. Let's look at verse 12 for a moment. And I want you to see this. In fact, let's look at verse 11 to start just for a moment. And then we'll highlight verse 12, which is our highlighted verse. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah. Not Oprah, that's different, different thing. Under the oak in Ophrah that uh, that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now stop for a moment. I want you to know something, and this is a very important point of this entire message right here. If there's anything you get from this message, I hope you get point number one. Are you ready for this? Point number one is simply this. God calls you by your potential, not your position. God calls you By your potential, not your position. He looked at Gideon in verse 12 and he said to him, he called him specifically, watch this, mighty warrior. The guy that's hiding in the wine press, hiding for the Midianites, mighty warrior. Why? He wasn't a mighty warrior yet. But God knows what he knows and he sees what he sees. And in Gideon, he was labeling him by his potential, not his position. God didn't call Gideon by what he was, but how he will be. Just like God sees you the way you will be, not the way you are right now. Because you may find yourself in a desperate moment. God says there are desperate moments. But the difference happens when you become a desperate person following him. They can be, des- listen, there's going to be horrible, desperate moments. Anybody ever been in a desperate moment? I need a ride here, or I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill, or I don't know how this is going to happen, or I don't know how that's going to happen. I've been there. Anybody been there? And so there are always going to be desperate moments, right? But the, the, what makes the difference in Christ is when you say, God, I have a desperate moment, but I'm seeking you because I know that I'm not labeled by my position. I'm labeled by my potential. And I am a child of the king. Who's with me? I am a child of the king. So Gideon was not the hero or was he pretending to be yet. But God had a plan for Gideon. Say this with me. God had a plan for Gideon. 
But it was at this moment that God called him something that he had never considered. Listen, let me ask you this question. How many times did God call you something that you never called yourself? And you were like, yeah, right. I love it because there are times my wife, she gets up in the morning, she, she's doing some things, and she will go, and I would say, good morning, beautiful. And she would go, oh, no, I didn't get to do my hair, or I didn't get to do this. Oh, you, stop it. <laughs> right? She goes, oh, stop it. That, I'm, I'm, I, look, I look like this, I look like that. No, no, no. Because you see you like you see you. I see you as my beautiful queen. I see her through a different set of lens. And I'm telling you today, God sees you in a different set of lens. Listen, you hear what I'm saying to you? Because you see all your faults and failures. God says, I see those, but I see so much more. There's more that I see. Why? Because he sees you by your potential, not your position. Some of you listening to me right now have boxed yourself in a place where you've labeled your current position your ultimate position. You've labeled your current position as your final destination. You've given up and you said, this is who I will always be. Look at me. No, you won't. And I'm speaking that into your life. I'm prophesying that into your life. You don't have to stay where you are. You can grow. You could know. You could show the love of God in ways you never imagined possible. But you've got to be willing to submit to him. Can I get one amen in the house? All right, I just want to make sure I'm preaching a little bit, a little bit. Because I'm sorry to tell you, you have more in store. See, I know that your flesh wants to give up because it's easy. It's easy to be comfortable. It's easy not to do this. It's easy not to do that. Look at me. I'm telling you, if you stop wanting to quit, something just may happen. Stop telling yourself, you know what? I think this is the end of the road. I think I've done, I've done, I've done my, everything that I could do. Can I tell you something? It's darkest before the dawn. Hang in there just a little longer. Come on, somebody. Say it with me. Just a little longer. And there are times that that just a little longer pays off. Just a little longer. I believe that God is tugging at the hearts of men and women that really want to see something happen. The angel called Gideon mighty warrior. He was not a mighty warrior, but God saw him that. This idea that we have of ourselves is not how God sees you. Can I tell you that? I believe God often moves us in ways and we limit and we put a lid on our potential Because we have boxed ourselves in as being this only. This is who I am. Don't try and change me. And God says, blow the lid off of that and trust me. See me. Know me. And you know what? When you start to know God in deeper ways, when you start doing what you've never done, you'll get results you never had before. And I'm finding that more and more and more, we need to be willing to step out of our own self-imposed wine presses. When we should be out in the open, where are we? Hiding in the wine press. I'm not ready for this, God. I'm not ready for this, God. I'm not ready for this, God. When will you be ready? There's not a single person that felt ready 
to do what God called him to do almost an entire life. That every single time God called me to do something, it's so much bigger than me that I never feel ready. Ever felt that? When God calls you to do something and you're like, I'm not ready for that. I don't think I'm, I can't do that. I can't. And I told this story numerous times. And for this moment, I'm going to say it one more time. When we were going to be youth pastors, I'm not, I don't know, man, this is going to be tough. I don't know if I could do this. I became a youth pastor. God did some cool things there. And then when I started to kind of understand some things, he's like, all right, now I want you to hit the road and travel as an evangelist. I'm like, people don't know me. They're probably mistaking me with Nikki Cruz, and that, can't, that happened for like seven years. <laughs> Still happens. Yep. I had a guy stand next to me one time. I was uh, preaching at an event, and uh, I had, it was before I was supposed to go up to speak, and he stood next to me. He goes, yeah, I met your father years ago. I'm like, <laughs> you did? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I doubt it. Like my, dad, my dad died when I was seven. I don't know this guy from Adam. And I was nowhere near my hometown. So I'm like, you did, huh? Yeah, Nikki Cruz. <laughs> oh, this happens so many times. Just ask my wife. It's not even, it's all the time, right? No, I'm sorry. There's no relation to Nikki. All the time, no relation to Nikki. Seven years I traveled. Just when I started to understand that, God said, okay, I want you to start a church. I never started a church. I never pastored a church before. All the time, every single time God put something in front of me, I didn't know what in the world I was doing. I just knew I needed to be obedient. And so every single time I said, yes, Lord, but I need your help. God says, I got you. And every time I was obedient, God seen us on the other side. Why? Because he saw the potential in me. I was labeled by my potential, not my current position. And so let that be known today. What, are, what position are you in right now that in some way you have capped yourself? What way? Because that is a very important question to ask. See, I believe something that's very interesting. If you look at Judges chapter 6, just shoot down to verse 34 for just a second. Can you do that for a moment? Shoot down to verse 34. Who's with me? Verse 34. Same chapter. Verse 34. If you look at verse 34, something very interesting is said here that we need to understand. And here it is. Chapter 6, verse... Uh, what did I say? 34. Yes. It says this. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Now, I need you to understand something. In the Hebrew, the word literally came upon. It means the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. When it came upon him like a coat, like a coat. I'm looking for someone that may have a coat somewhere nearby. But does anybody have a coat jacket? Give me something. Somebody quickly bring one up to you. Quickly, quickly. So here's what happened. This is what he's talking about. Oh, it's so pretty. Oh, it's supposed so girly. Okay, so watch this. Got to find a tag. Okay, here we go. So when it says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, it wasn't like, hey, Gideon, go do this for me. No, no, it wasn't like that. It was like this. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and clothed him. Do I look pretty? 
So <laughs> it came upon him, but listen, it, it, it wrapped itself around Gideon. I forgot that was there. <laughs> I really did forget it was there. Um, but listen, think for a moment. The Spirit of God didn't just talk to him or tap him. The Spirit of the Lord wrapped himself around Gideon. I don't know about you, but I want the Holy Spirit to wrap himself around me. In those moments where I don't understand, I need the Holy Spirit to clothe me. God says, I see you, Gideon. I see your struggle. I see your identity issues. I see all that. And because I see all of that, I want to clothe you. I want to wrap myself around you. And there are times that when we forget what God is doing, we have to be reminded that he too wants to wrap himself around you. And allow the Lord to let the Holy Spirit move in and through and on your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. How many want to be clothed from on high by God? Right? So, when we look at that word, I want us to understand that the Lord instructed Gideon at this point, at this point in the text. Now, I'm not going to get into it too much, but he instructed Gideon to go now. Listen, I called you mighty warrior now to do certain things. And he started now telling him how he was supposed to now tear down idols. He was supposed to tear down Baal and Asherah poles that were uh, submitted for the uh, sexual goddesses. And all these different things. He says, listen, I didn't call you mighty warrior. I didn't clothe you. Listen, I didn't call you or clothe you so you can sit down and let somebody else do it. I called you to go tear down idols. Here's the problem. The church in the Western uh, culture here in America, we oftentimes think it's everybody else's job to do the dirty work. We're supposed to just be good church-going people. That's where we went drastically wrong. That somehow somebody else is supposed to do the work. Can I tell you something? God did not call you or clothe you so you can sit on your hind parts and watch somebody else get the blessing or somebody else do the call. God has called you to a specific task. And I know that you find yourself in the wine press, but get out of the wine press now. It's time. God calls you mighty warrior. Say it with me. Mighty warrior. Mighty warrior. If there's anything God, uh, uh, God was teaching us through Gideon in the story is don't wait to the lowest low to look to the most high. Don't wait till you get to your lowest low to look toward the most high. Because everyone is going to have those low moments. But if you just wait till that moment, it's going to be very, very difficult to follow God because you've, you've not prepared yourself to get out of that hole. You're going to have those dips. You're going to have those moments in your life. You're going to have those mountaintop experiences. How many of you had a, a wonderful mountaintop experience with God, right? And then you had those valley lows and you're like, those are not fun. We don't want to talk about those. But listen, both of those have shaped your life today. They've all made you who you are today. And so don't wait to the lowest low to look to the most high. Second thought is this. God prepares you in dark places. Come on, write that down. God prepares you 
and dark places. This is what Gideon's teaching us, right? Through his life. Gideon is teaching us that even in those dark moments, God can still teach us. Look at verse 13 and 14. Where am I getting this from? Verses 13 and 14. Look what it says. Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied. This is after he called the mighty warrior, right? He called the mighty warrior. He's like, time out. I'll take a 20 second, 30 second time out. Uh, God, real quick, uh, pardon me, Lord. Um, But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Sound familiar? Uh, uh, Let me continue. Maybe something will ring a bell. Where are his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? Where are all the miracles, God? Where are all the miracles? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hand of Midian. Seven years we've been getting punked by Midian. All the Midianites punching people in the throat and taking their credit cards. Seven years. And the Lord turned to him and said this. Watch this. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? So here it is. Watch this. He, in this dark place that, that Gideon finds himself, that we've all found ourselves. Raise your hand if you've ever found yourself in a difficult place in life. Right? Okay, those of you that have not, man, I really want to know what you're doing. I really want to know what you're doing. But I found myself in dark places, and I don't think those places are where God wants me. So I I sometimes forget that God works in those dark places. I think we've all felt like that, right? But I I want to reassure you that God has never seen a situation where he's wasted a moment. And in your dark places, it's, it's the same. And so in those dark places, God was saying he was preparing him for a greater thing. Something that God stalls in dark places. Like God is like, ooh, you're in a dark place. I'm going to give you some time right now. God doesn't stop working when you're in those dark places. He may work differently, but he doesn't stop. Are you with me? This is good stuff. I hope you're writing this down. I hope you're taking mental notes. Because we often think that God is like, all right, I'm going to take a break. I'm not going to... Not give you too much information. I'm going to cut. No, God is always working. It's we're the ones that often forget where we are or what we're supposed to do next. But God is always working. God is always working. And we like, oh man, I'm in my dark place. God is taking a break. He's not really paying attention to my prayers anymore. Can I tell you something? There's never been a prayer that you've activated in faith that he's never heard. Somebody needs to hear that in this room right now. Somebody online needs to hear that right now. You're watching me online. You don't even know it. But you've prayed a prayer and you've wondered if God is even listening. I'm here to tell you he has. God, I believe that God is at his most opportunistic when we're at a dark place. Because it is in those moments that we often surrender in ways that we never have. Right? So what do we need? God doesn't. God is not intimidated by dark places. His Holy Spirit is life and light. Everywhere his Holy Spirit is brings light. Holy Spirit power. Holy Spirit power. That's what we need. We need God to activate as we live in obedience. Let God activate that Holy Spirit power in our lives. Does anybody get what I'm saying? Now there was a 
<laughs> there are moments in our lives that we are feeling like God has left us and we're not sure God is there. And I think most of us have been in that position before. Well, there was a, a five-year-old that was working in the kitchen with his mom and his, he was helping his mom make supper. And she asked him to go into the pantry and get her a can of tomato soup. But he didn't want to go alone. He said, Mom, it's dark in there and I'm scared. She again asked him and he said, no, Mom, it's dark in there. Finally, she said, okay, it's okay. Jesus will be there with you. Johnny walked hesitantly to the door, slowly opened it. He peeked inside, saw that it was still dark. And he... And he then put his hand to his mouth and he said, Jesus, if you're in there, would you hand me a can of tomato soup? <laughs> you laugh, but that's the way we all feel sometimes, right? Like, God, if you're in there, would you just cut me a break? Please, they tell me, pastor keeps telling me God is with me. Your word tells me, but if you're in there, could you please hand me a can of something good? Anything? You see, the only difference between this kid and us is that he's being brutally honest. And if we're honest with ourselves, we realize God does provide a way out. God does provide things, but we often don't get it the way we think we're supposed to get it. Right? He's supposed to go in and let God be with him. But he's like, no, just pass it to me. I'll put my hand in there. Hopefully something tomato-ish lands in my hand. And Jesus gives me the tomato soup. That's kind of the way we kind of view our faith. Can I, can I encourage you? Sometimes you've got to step into a dark pantry to get what you're looking for. Dark places. Somebody say dark places. Dark places. Number three. God waits for the weary. God waits for the weary. Someone like, thank you, Jesus. He waits for the weary. Because I am weary. I've been there. You've been there? Those times where you're like, I fought so hard. I don't even understand where I am. And so there's those moments where we, where we think that God will just, God's going to leave me. He's going to forsake me. God says, no, I'm with the weary. In fact, if we look at verses 15 and 16, let's continue on in that text. Same text, Judges chapter 6. Gideon has now another encounter here with this angelic uh, force that is often referred to as God. And so, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? This is after God told him, didn't I send you? I'm preparing you. Didn't I send you? It's going to be okay. I'm going to send you. But then afterwards, this is what he says. Pardon me, my Lord. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Listen, I have the weakest crew. Right? My tribe, not the strongest. You seen these ragamuffins behind me? These guys, they're not the best of the best. And me, don't even get me started on me. I'm the youngest. Among all those people, I'm the rug rat. Are you seriously calling me? We can make up a lot of excuses. We try to talk God out of calling us. How many times do we try to talk God out of calling? But God, you know, I really got a lot going on in my life right now. Oh God, I really don't know that I should give that amount. 
I really don't think I should serve because I kind of got this. I really don't think that that person really should get a phone call because they're just rude. I really shouldn't pray for them because you know, God, that they're being rude and they hurt me. And I'm your beloved. I know. Pastor told me. You can make a lot of excuses. Here's Gideon making his. He's making his appeal. The wrong appeal, but an appeal. The Lord answered this, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites. How many of them? How many? Not part? All of them. Leaving none alive. That got brutal. That went from like PG to PG-13. Now we're going into R. Right? It's going, to get, it's going to get messy, right? But that's how the call of God is. It get, it, you go into deeper waters. And now he's saying he went from mighty warrior to it's, gonna get, it's dark, I know, but I've called you to do it. And now he's like, we're going to kill them all. We're just going to kill them all. It got, that escalated, right? And now he's like, we're going to leave none alive. But I want you to pay close attention to the verbiage right in the beginning. He says, I will be with you. He didn't say this. He didn't say, I am with you. He, did you notice that? Look at, look at your Bible. Your Bible, you know, depending on the translation, it may give some sort of derivative of that. But he says, I will be with you. I want you to understand something. That God is already with him right now and he's processing that. But he needs him to know that I will be with you when you what? Obey. When you obey. I will be with you. God's presence often comes in the mountain when you are there and you've obeyed and you said yes, Lord. Are you with me? When you said yes and you've obeyed, that's when God shows you. We often want to say, God, all right, now listen, I need the whole plan laid out. Tell me everything you need me to do and everything that's going to happen. Give me everything. Show me. Show me. I'll wait. Show me everything I need to do. God's like, no, you step out and I'll show you my handiwork. You step out and I'll show you how I work. We want to be like, okay, God, um, if you do this, then I'll believe. God says, if you believe, I will do. And so he says very specifically, watch this, I will be with you. And I want you to know this morning, look at me. He says, I will be with you. I will be with you. When you obey and you stand, I will be with you. There are times in our life that God will be coming and be responding to your life because he's already paved the way. He's called you to a specific thing because he's paved the way. I learned something about this text, and here it is. Don't linger in your limitations, but rather embrace the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's a mouthful, I know. Take a picture of it, write it down, tweet it, make it your status, whatever. But some way, do not forget this. Don't linger in your limitations, but instead embrace the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because we like to linger in, in the limitations because we are good at allowing people to make 
to feel bad for us sometimes. Because when we're in dark places, like Gideon was, can I be honest? Let's be honest. Let's be transparent for 30 seconds. Are you ready? When you go into dark times in your life, it's very easy to just embrace people feeling bad for you. It's harder to say, okay, I got to pick myself up and keep going. It's hard. But I'm telling you right now, if you linger in your limitations, you'll never embrace the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. Have you ever wondered why, um, if you ever looked at crabs um, in, in, uh, in fish tanks, you ever noticed why they, <laughs> they don't have, most of them don't ever have lids? Did you ever notice that? That in well, crabs, they don't have lids. And you know what they found out scientifically? That crabs, when they're in their fish tank, you know, they're in there. Oh, the moment one gets up, other one will try to go here. Another one coming up will pull him down. And they constantly pull at each other. There's no threat of them leaving because they're so stuck and they're so used to being here that they actually are not a threat in leaving the tank at all. Like they don't work together well. So when, you, when someone says you're crabby, what they're saying is, A, you're not working together well with anybody. And B, you're pulling everybody down, so stop it. Right? That's, that's the basis of where that comes from. Because cr- crabs will go, they'll work sideways, right? They'll, and they'll pull each other down. There's no need for a cover. There's no need for a top. Why? Because they eliminated themselves. There's no lid. There's no need for a lid. What are you doing in your life allowing yourself to be limited by your own self? And dare I say, the people around you? Because we often, oftentimes find ourselves lingering in limitations instead of embracing what God can do in our life. Isn't that what Gideon did? He's kind of lingering in his limitations. The Midianites are beating me up. And you know what? I'm not trying to limit, or rather, let me say it like this. I'm not trying to minimize what Gideon went through for seven years. You hear what I'm saying? What I am trying to say is he was supposed to be doing an assignment outdoors, and he found himself hiding indoors. Where are you hiding that God has said, come out and do what I called you to do? Are you with me? So here's a passage I want to read to you real quickly out of Isaiah chapter 40. If you're taking notes, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. The creator of the ends of the earth. Watch this. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Watch what it says in the next one here. He will not grow tired or weary. Isaiah 40, verse 28. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Isn't that good? What understanding is he talking about? I believe with all my heart that God looks at you. He says, I understand you more than you understand you. I understand what it's like. And why did Jesus come to this earth? 
Why did Jesus come to this earth? Not just to die for us, so that he would also understand the things that we go through. A savior that gets me. A savior that not just gets me and sees me, he understands me. And his understanding no one can fathom. How is it that God, the eternal creator of the universe, understands me? Because you're his creation. No one knows what you created better than you. I want to put him on the spot. But Kyler, man, he, Kyler does some amazing masks. And I just remember just for a moment, man, just the, 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 the masks that you make, the helmets that you make. He does incredible things. And I look at that and I go, wow. If I was to ask him to tell me how he did that, he can tell me exactly how he made this part of the mask, this part of the helmet, that part of the thing, and this part of the thing, and how he did that. Why? Because he did what? Created it. He created it. And because he created it, he understands it like I don't. Because you're his creation, he understands you. Look at me. Every eyeball right here. He understands you like nobody else. You with me? His understanding, no one can fathom. So if you're weak, I want you to know he's here. If you're weary, I want you to know he's here. If you're afraid, I want you to know he's here. If you're insecure, I want you to know he is your security. Decide today. Look at me. Decide today to stop being uh, hungry and hiding and instead live flourishing and free step out of the wine press and come be everything god called you to become who's ready to become everything god called them to become god says i see you i see you right where you are and no matter what comes your way his eyes never leave you his eyes are never off of his creation. He's created you beautifully and perfectly. With that same sort of blown away element, God looks at what he's created in you and he says, I knew exactly when I was creating this part. I knew exactly when I called you to do this. I knew exactly when I, when, I, when I created this part of your life. Every intricate detail God knows and loves about you. So when you think for a moment, there's no way he understands me. I want you to know something. His understanding, how did the word say it? And his understanding, no one can fathom. No one can get it. I want us to understand something today. My goodness, if there was ever a time in our lives that we need to understand God's work and will in our life is when we look at the element of his creation in us his calling that is in us is far beyond anything anyone could ever try to match you with me if you found yourself a little bit afraid good because there would be no need for faith 
if we weren't a little bit afraid. Gideon was a lot of afraid. But the beauty that is in his creation, you, he says, I see that every day. I haven't missed it and I haven't left it. You are loved. You are loved. Come on, all across this room, would you just bow your heads with me for just a moment? If those of you that are online, would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Lord, I thank you so much that there is no one like you in all the earth. Father, I thank you that you are second to none. I pray today, God, that in some way, shape, or form, we would be pleasing to you. That we would find ourselves loving you and obedience. Father, I know you see us. I know you love us. Now, God, show off in our lives. Because there may be some people right now, the sound of my voice that they feel like the least in their tribe. They feel like the ones that have been forsaken and beaten up. They feel like Gideon felt for seven years. But God, now you're calling them out and you're saying, mighty warrior, come out and I've called you. Lord, it was the same Gideon that you called to deliver the people of Israel. I thank you that God, you haven't forsaken us or left us. Lord, I pray today for those at the sound of my voice that are discouraged. I pray for those that are dealing with battles that no one knows about. I pray for those that are dealing this morning with home situations and work situations that they've just said, I'm, I'm just ready to quit. I'm going to walk away. God, you haven't called them to quit. You called them to hang in there. Others, you've called them to step out. Step out of their comfort zone. Step out of the wine press. And go do what I've called you to do. I pray today, show us your mercy and your grace by giving us clear instructions to follow you. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me one more time? Just keep that playing, gentlemen. I want you to understand something before we close here today. Here's a part of the story that I did not allude to yet. And here is my point. It was the same man that God called mighty warrior. The same one that he prepared in dark places. Saw his potential over his current position. And later said, I'm, I'm going to wait for you because I wait for the weary. It was that same Gideon that he said, take, take these men and go fight the battle that I'm going to fight for you. And with 300 men, they killed thousands and thousands of Midianites. Read it for yourself. Begin in chapter 6 and watch, watch God unfold. And you see how God used Gideon. To completely change everything. Mind you, the one with the weak tribe and the least was the one that God used. So take your least, take your tribe, and watch God work. Don't let anybody tell you you can't. 
because God plus one is always the majority. God and me and obedience. God and one is always the majority. Don't linger in your limitations, but instead, look at me, decide that your limitations are man-imposed, not God-imposed. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This week, decide that you are going to embrace the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as you love God, love people, and change the world. Amen? Somebody give God praise one more time as we come.